Welcome to the Let's Develop podcast, a forum where we explore how to transform ourselves and the world around us through the art and science of performance and development. In each episode, we interview people from across Spaceship Earth who actively co-create preferred futures for themselves and the world around them by enacting development-driven approaches to social change. Based out of my adopted hometown, Calgary, Alberta, Julian Lepage is a professional musician, master integrative community drum circle facilitator, and owner of Circles of Rhythm. He's found a way to combine his passion of using the healing power of music with his profession as a social worker in mental health. And one thing you'll hear and feel is really that passion, that depth, that exploration, and the desire to make better. Join us today, Julian Lepage. Julian, hi. Hello. <laughs> it's good to be with you here. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Y- usually we spend Friday evenings together when I attend your drum circles, but uh, mm-hmm. here we are on a Sunday. It's nice and relaxed over here. I've got my three kids in bed and my wife is working a 12-hour shift from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Oh, boy. So I've got my, my house to, to myself and my office and and it's a soundproof room where I play my drums. It's amazing. Wow. I'm excited. I feel the energy. I'm glad to be with you. So, uh, Julian, what are, you, what are your hopes for this conversation? I am just excited to um, connect with another individual. When I met you uh, for the first time, uh, you looked at me in the eyes. Uh, you were kind. You were interested. You were genuine. You were authentic. And uh, you said, hey. I want to have a conversation. I want to know you. I want to share what you do. And I said, yes. <laughs> and I want to, and, and vice versa. So what I look forward to in this conversation is just an opportunity to connect with uh, someone who's passionate about people and about um, sharing people's stories and their gifts. And, and I think that's you. That's, that's meaningful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I, my hope is, you know, this, like, like I had mentioned to you offline, this is the first conversation that uh, we're doing on this podcast uh, with folks who are not members of the developmental community from the Eastside Institute. Um, and it's meaningful to me because uh, you are a local, you know, in Calgary here, uh, as I am. And we made a personal connection before mm-hmm. we started to have this kind of conversation. And then that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. And so for me, it's, it's really getting to know you better and getting to know what good work is happening in, in Calgary and Alberta um, and such. Yeah. In addition to what you're already doing in Calgary. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. We're building it. Yeah. <laughs> we are. Yeah. Um, so share with us some of who you are and what you do professionally, and then we'll get to know you personally too. Sure. So, um, so my name is Julien Lepage or Julian Lepage for the, I always say the English speaking folk out there. And, uh, I am a France Asqua. I'm a Frank Francophone speaking, uh, French speaking individual from Saskatchewan. I grew up on a small farm, half an hour East of Saskatoon in, uh, in Saskatchewan and, uh, grew up very sheltered and speaking French is my first language. 
Um, it's not Quebec French. It's not France French. It's its own little thing. So we created its own word called Francasqua. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, early on, I uh, wanted to share music and I found music and drumming as uh, a passion. And so now today, I've uh, been able to um, incorporate my passion and my profession as one. Mm. So I'm a social worker. I took my uh, bachelor's in social work um, because uh, it came to a day where I, uh, I kind of found out that uh, you couldn't ha- be a rock star and, um, and have a family at the same time. Or you could, but it'd be pretty challenging and, and for me to, you know, to be a present uh, individual in, in a family's perspective is very important for me. So I always wanted to find a way to, to combine my passion for music and my profession and, um, in order to be able to be a family man. And so um, I took social work, knowing that eventually professionally speaking I could bring in expressive arts and music therapy was one of those things mm. and uh, yeah so currently I work for Alberta Health Services um, during the day about 40 hours a week and then um, another 40 hours a week on top of that uh, on occasion I, uh, I am the owner and uh, core facilitator for uh, what's called Circles of Rhythm which is a drumming circle company that offers the integrated community drum circle in Calgary, Alberta, but also all over Alberta, British Columbia and Saskatchewan. And we travel wherever um, we can find drums as well. So um, Circles of Rhythm is a uh, professional business that trains people on how to facilitate um, the integrative community drum circle. And uh, it also facilitates uh, programs for, um, you know, corporate, team building, um, community-based, wellness-based festivals, senior centers, schools, um, people with various levels of abilities. So pretty much any circle um, of, uh, in terms of a community, we do weddings and we do funerals, we do everything. Um, anywhere where you can actually um, bring a meaningful tool, which is the drum, to connect people um, with themselves, and especially with each other. Hmm. So that's kind of what I do. Hmm. Beautiful. I want to take a step mm-hmm. back. Uh, you mentioned that music's always been something you connected with, something that made sense to you. The, um, these are my words, but mm-hmm. at what point did you know that you wanted to do something with music? I think for me, the moment became clear uh, when I, um, so I was about, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old, when, you know, mental health was, you know, it was a thing, you know, and I didn't really know what that was. I was just really struggling to find identity. And so going through, um, you know, my early ages of, of 10, 11, and 12, I was always trying to, you know, do what the cool kids in school were doing, which were like sports and being funny and being kind of obnoxious and whatever else. And, but it just never really worked for me. Um, it only made me kind of be more ridiculed or, or kind of um, kind of called out or the teachers would always like catch me because I was always a loud kid making, you know, jokes, even though all the other kids were making jokes in the classroom. But I was always the one getting caught because I was the loudest one. Mm. So, so um, finally, I found my thing. And I, this is some one of those things that I completely uh, believe in is that kids and, or individuals, everyone, it doesn't matter how old you are, you need to find your thing, something that drives you. And for me, it was drumming. I remember my first day um, uh, behind a drum kit, 
um, I went to my cousin's house and he had a drum set set up in the basement and, uh, and he showed me a couple beats and then I just kind of sat down behind. He didn't teach me them. He just played them. And then I sat down behind the kit and I was able to kind of successfully reproduce a few of them that were fairly basic, but at the same time, like right away, I was able to kind of get things going. And I just had this sense of like accomplishment of, of, uh, fulfillment of like drive. I want, I wanted to do more. And, you know, at, at one point in time, everybody else and left and they were playing video games or whatever. And I was just in the, in that room by myself, just playing those beats and getting better and better and better. And, hitting it and and there was just this this instant gratification that came from playing music and so at that moment I knew that I wanted to bring music into my life Mm -hmm. but um you know I think it was when I actually transitioned from playing music as an individual until uh to the transition of playing with music with others um so um my older brother and I so he's two and a half years older than me uh, we never got along. Uh, we uh, we're always at each other's necks, and and uh, I'm a I'm one of four, I guess five boys, so I'm number four out of five boys. And uh, him and I were always kind of at each other, but it was um, what kind of res- brought some resolution between the two of us was when we started to play music together. So he would pick up the bass, and I would play the drums, and all of a sudden we like all our differences and all those kind of fights and all those uh, that kind of friction that was always there kind of dissipated. And, and I was like, wow, not only can I now know who I am. So I became authentically me. So all of a sudden in school, I didn't try to pretend to be somebody else. I was me. I found something that was me and that felt good for me. No, nobody else was playing drums. I was playing drums, you know, and that was me. And then also in my home life, you know, um, I was connecting with my brother, somebody who I just never really thought I could probably see eye to eye. And so something clicked. I said, you know, music is such a powerful tool for me as an individual to take care of myself and to find my own voice um, as a young person, but also for me to connect with others and to share uh, a common message or, or a common goal with someone who Otherwise, I would have never, you know, been able to move forward. So it became a very meaningful part of my life, probably around the age of 13, 14 years old. And uh, the story goes on from there. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that uh, it's, it's, it's difficult to be a family man and be a rock star. So you did have those, uh, those <laughs> thoughts, at least, or curiosities. Of around. course. Yeah. 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 And, and so how did social work come about of all of the (laughs) things that a potential rock star could have done well so um throughout my kind of earlier on days i played in many many bands and i recorded um i think now it's up to nine uh studio albums some of them had a radio play and things like that and i was doing a lot of session drumming for different bands in saskatoon and uh and uh, it was really fun and, and I enjoyed that. And I really enjoyed um, being of service to multiple different people. So um, when I had that common goal of doing session work or, or like playing music as a session musician, but also building a career for myself, um, I, uh, I found that, um, you know, this 
this um, sense of being a rock star was not actually the only way. It wasn't the only path in order to maintain my passion for music and as a profession, right? So I knew right away that there was other ways of being uh, able to be successful musically without being in the spotlight and losing, um, you know, um, privacy, losing uh, time losing uh, a home base like be, staying in a home base was really important for me like because as a as a rock star whatever whatever have you a traveling musician you're going from place to place to place and and not very often are you in your home environment and that's a challenge and some people thrive on that i really enjoy traveling but i also love my quiet time and my time of of, um, of just reflection and exhaling and so um, so I knew that there was lots of different things. And so um, I was doing DJ work and I was doing uh, pool work. <laughs> I was a pool boy for a little while in Saskatoon out of all places. And, and I was like, man, I just, you know, I was in the same time as playing music. And I was like, man, I just, I just don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I need to find some sort of career. And um, luckily enough, my mother actually um, is a social worker or does social worker type of music. She's now retired, but, um, I saw that she had a level of flexibility in that profession where it allowed you to bring a certain part of yourself. And I knew that social work was a very broad profession that kind of, um, you know, even if you took social work and you started in one place. So for example, if you started working with seniors or in schools or whatever it might be, there's so many other areas. So if ever you ch changed your mind or you wanted to try something different, you could do that. So that was attractive to me. Mm -hmm. But uh, but also I did a lot of research in terms of uh, other things. And um, and uh, expressive arts, expressive therapies was a kind of a, a vein, if you will, in terms of social work. And not to mention uh, that I went to, to university in my first year I, uh, I signed up for an audition for the music program. And uh, so I did the audition, like the, the practical piece. So I played some music and it was really great. I, I did a great job um, on both on kit and on, on hand drums. But then the second part of the audition was a theory test. So they sit me down in a classroom. They put this you know, test of theory in front of me. And, uh, and I started and I looked at this and literally I didn't get three, four questions in and I had to walk out because I never took um, any kind of theory or musical lessons for drumming. Mm -hmm. So I just failed that miserably. So I couldn't become a music therapist. So I had to find a different way. And mm -hmm. so social work was, was my different way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's always a path, hey? <laughs> yeah, totally. There's so many paths. There's many, many, many paths mm -hmm. to, to the peak of the mountain. And the beauty about it is that, um, you don't even, for me in this particular, like what I'm doing today, I had no idea in my mind that I would actually land here today. Like my thought was to be a session musician, you know what I mean? And playing with bands that were coming, traveling through town, but never did I ever think that I would be um, kind of uh, fostering a community of people, bringing people together and using music as a tool, not only for, for, for myself to, to continue to keep myself interested in, in healthy and well and, and my identity and just being authentic. But all of a sudden I'm helping others not only experience the power of music, but participate in the power of music. I think there's a difference between listening to music and enjoying it versus playing music. 
like that connection that I experienced with my brother when I was able to play, you know, with him. Like that's what I get to do on a regular basis through this tool, this community drum circle tool, mm. is that I get to connect people um, in ways that they never, that never could have been um, possible without music or without rhythm, right? So, mm. so tell yeah. us, tell us a little bit about this community drum circle. What what does it look like? How often does it happen? When did it start? How did you get involved? Mm. Perfect. Yeah. So. Um, Circles of Rhythm as a whole is um, uh, an, an organization that has been, commu- uh, sorry, Circles of Rhythm as a whole is an organization that's been created and founded by Judy Atkinson, who is a, um, a visionary. She's a, a, a woman of, of passion. Um, she likes to foster people and community around her. And she, um, probably about 25 years ago now, um, she she felt this calling to a rhythmical event. So she was at a conference. This is the t- story, and, and this, if you want to know her real story, you got to connect with Judy directly. She wrote a book. It's called The Drum Code. It tells her whole story in there. So you got to check that out. Mm-hmm. But um, this is how I my version of what I understand is her story. Um, so she was at this conference, and it was a conference for bringing your soul to work. So how to to find passion from the heart and something that will fill your pocketbook because so many times you're working out there, you're doing the nine to five, but you just, there's no heart behind what you're doing. So she was at this conference to, to, to help her kind of identify that she was newly uh, recently divorced and just kind of going through some stuff and, and single mom and things like that. And it was a challenge um, for her. And at this conference, um, there was, uh, she heard this rhythm come coming from, um, you know, at the distance and, and she felt this calling from her heart. She, she describes it as her heart was like pulling her towards this, um, rhythm. Mm. And so she went there and she, she found out it was a community drum circle and it was uh, facilitated by, I believe it was Arthur Hull, who's known as the grandfather now of the, uh, community drum circle. And, um, and so she was like, wow, she, she attended it and she did the drumming thing. And it was, she was like really pumped and she was, she had a, a magical experience like many of us do the first time we go to a, mm-hmm. to a drum circle. Mm-hmm. And then, so she got back home and then she went right away. She bought a drum, she took a drum lesson. And then all of a sudden she signed up for this course that te- taught people how to facilitate, um, um, c- community drum circles. And so the course was, uh, taught in conjunction by um, Arthur Hall, who I mentioned already, and Baba Tundi Olotunji, who is the founder, the person who created this concept of the community drumming circle. Mm-hmm. So it's an African man who, um, who uh, you know, saw in, in the United States a need for a community connection, a, a, a connection of people bringing back a way to connect people outside of, you know, conversation. And so he brought this in this community drum circle thing. So Judy took this training back then, and then she came back to Canada and uh, just kind of knew that there was a lot of really good ingredients in what she learned. But there was one kind of missing component for her personally in that moment was was just like this um, this acknowledgement of spirituality and the spirit and the the the, the connection um, that comes when you connect through rhythm it was like she describes her first um uh, drum circle experience kind of like as like 
um, a parallel between when she gave birth to one of her uh, daughters and she felt connected not only to her daughter, but all to all the mothers around the world um, who have experienced this beautiful sense of connecting with another individual, another human being. And she describes the drum circle as similar to that, just like this sense of like, wow, you're, you have, you are connecting through like humanity. And if you look at the research and, and how rhythm impacts the brain, but also the heart, mm. it actually does that. It actually brings you back to that space of, um, of uh, kind of when you were in utero. Dr. Bruce Perry talks about um, the neurosequential uh, model of therapeutics and repetitive rhythmic based activities, but essentially it all comes back to the heartbeat and how when we were in our mother's wombs, we had that regular repetitive rhythmic based activity that helped us be regulated and anchored mm. and that's what happens in the drum circle so this is ra- ra- random random plug yeah please. i don't know if it's a plug yeah. or not but uh house music which is 120 beats per minute is around the same thing as a child's heartbeat and their mother's heartbeat right? totally yeah 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 and, and you know rhythm in general you know um is you you put you put a child and you play some music and they just start moving it's right down to our very DNA. You know, they say that the first form of communication was not words, was not sounds, it was rhythm. It was, we used rhythm and through rhythm became, we came music and through music well, came how do you, how do you words mean, and how, language. My curiosity, how do you mean the first form of communication was rhythm? So, well, so there's many, like, I, I don't have Dude, you don't, a PhD you don't need a PhD at the same time. Though. Having an opinion. <laughs> Yeah, what I would like to think is that, um, you know, um, so for example, there were different kinds of uh, ways of, of creating rhythm in the past. And for so if you think of specific tribes, if you will, in North America, um, um, so there were people that would stay in the home base where they were set up the camp for that moment, but then the hunters would go and gather food. And, and to notify that, the, they were coming back, they would play a specific rhythm um, to, to kind of inform them uh, from a distance that they were coming back. But I think even before then, um, rhythmically, we would, we would have um, uh, different rhythms that would signify different things. And if you think of the African tribes, I, I had an amazing conversation with a psychiatrist that I work with um, in the uh, addictions and mental health team with AHS. And, and he was telling me, about this drum that's been around in his particular tribe uh, or where he came from um, for many years and, and specific rhythms will mean different things. So for example, um, some of them are meant for healing. Some of them are meant for bringing in um, uh, an awareness or a celebration of life when somebody's born or a unison in marriage. So different rhythms were created from thousands and thousands of years and they were passed down and they actually they mean something. And for me, I've never been trained in that. I just know that um, that this is the history and it's a rich history. And I truly believe that every First Nation all around the world um, used drumming and rhythmic um, tools to communicate and to express themselves. And so every single individual who is born on the planet, I think when we reproduce ourselves and whatever, your your life experiences stick to that DNA, and it's be, and it continues from generations on to on on and on and on, and so 
I carry the DNA from my ancestors from generations ago, from who knows where, probably from Africa, and and you too. Um, you know, some people say we all cut, we're all descendants of of uh, the African continent, right? So, um, at the same time, though, I think uh, rhythm is is an integral part of 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 everything that is around us. Breath, your heartbeat when you walk, um, your thought patterns. If you if you're connected to uh, you know some sort of a neuroimaging system, you can see that um, your brain waves are very rhythmical. Um, so it's very, very cool. Everything can be. It feels like back it's all, it almost cuts through the noise of language, right? Because language inherently dissects, right? It, it, uh, and and it's a blessing and a curse because we can both construct the worlds we live in, right? But to do so, we need to create difference, right? Say something is a is yeah. to imply that. The other thing is B, right? And that rhythm is, yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead, go ahead. I've always, yeah, no, I love it, I love it. Um, I, I've always said that, um, believe it or not, <laughs> I'm not really good at, at using words. Like, words are not my friend. Um, it's really hard for me to find the words to describe effectively what it is that I'm experiencing mm-hmm. on the inside. And for me to be completely, genuinely myself, I've always said, like, if you really want to see the real Julian, you got to you got to see me in my element when I'm on stage performing and I kind of lost touch of the whole world. Like you get in that, that meditative state almost. Um, that's when I'm authentically me. That's when I can express myself completely more, more so than with with language. There's conversations around healing, drumming. And healing and music, music too, but but in particular drumming. Uh, there's two things that are really that I'm really curious about. One is there is the well, there's a few things here. Here's language at its best, right? Um, uh, one is community, <laughs> two is spirituality, and three mm-hmm. is there's something mm-hmm. about the activity of creating or participating in a rhythm that is healing. Um, how do you? Co-creation. co-creation how do you how do you want to talk about this what do you, do you want to yeah oh man um so um here's here's how i want to talk about this so growing up in rural rural saskatchewan um i literally so saint denis if you know if you know it I you don't. probably don't um it's a small town of about when i grew up there there was probably you know 10 or 12 houses in the actual hamlet if you will is it a hamlet or it's I a feel hamlet? like under that's what it's called it's a hamlet, really small town i could just be yeah there you go <clears throat> so in, in the little town hamlet and there's a church and a church a, a while ago there used to be a general store but then it just got taken out by the big box stores in the city um, and then there used to be a post office but now it's just a, a mailbox you go and pick up your mail there so it's a very, very, very small community. And I grew up there and I didn't really go very far from that space, um, probably up until I got my license or I was, I didn't even leave the country until like I was maybe, you know, in grade 10 or 11. So that's pretty, that's a while and it was quite secluded, right? And they were all in organized trips. So until I was, you know, uh, in my 20s, I actually started to explore the world by myself. Um, 
So very secluded, but at the same time, though, there's a richness in that, um, that sense of community where um, the people gather regularly. There's the community center in Saint-Denis where people gather, old, young, newborns, abled, disabled, different, you know, cultures, beliefs, um, backgrounds, but there's, it's a mix. It's a mishmash of people. Sure, we all kind of identify geographically. However, we're all very different, um, you know, and there's some kind of oddballs there and there's some great people and, and it's all good because you have to learn to get along and better yet, even deeper going into the education system. So I went to a Francophone school and, um, you know, if you, so it's a larger center. I finished my grade 11 and 12 in Saskatoon at L'Ecole Canadienne Française. Um, which is a francophone school for a town of, let's say, 250,000 people. I graduated with 17 people in that francophone school. So now we're taking a sample of different cultures. So there's people from all over the place now. So there's um, people who were traveling from, you know, like Nigeria and identified with this, the French mm -hmm. francophone speaking system, education system. There was people from different parts of the world. Anyways, and in a class of 17 or in a community of, of 10 houses plus the farming land around you kind of have to learn to work together and that what for me was never mm. i never had to think about it um when i moved to calgary holy you can pick and choose who you want to hang out with it doesn't matter um you can you can find people that are exactly or very very close to like you or how you'd like to be and that's probably a very uh, an interesting way to identify because um, sometimes we surround ourselves with people who would like to be, but but there's all there's that kind of assumes a, a mask. You know what I mean? All uh, you can identify, you can put find your group if you're lucky enough. Mm -hmm. Find a group who is authentic, and thank goodness there's a growing community of of authentic, amazing individuals here in Calgary and all around the world, I believe. But I think there's still that plague of of I want to be this person and I want to look this way and I want to, you know, do these things. But I didn't have that luxury growing up. So when I moved to Calgary and I found this community drum circle, which is another story. Um, but when I found this community drum circle, I said, wow, you know, this is like home. This is like my community because I looked around the room and there was all different shapes and sizes, ages, levels of abilities. You know, there was, there was the people who were really out there and there was the people that were just, you know, quite, you know, normal, if, mm -hmm. if you want to use that word, um, you know, but it, it, there was a mix mash, mishmash. And we connected with a common goal, uh, which is, you know, um, just, just community, conversation, wellness, um, I like to think that the community drum circles are like a celebration of life, um, you know, and uh, for me anyways. And, and so that's what, that's where it was. And then, and then with time came the second portion of your, your question, which is spirituality. Um, so, so where does that tie in to the integrative community drum, for, drum for, circle? So the first thing that caught me was whole, drumming in general. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sure. So, so first thing that caught me was the, the diversity. And then now the spiritual components came after. Well, no, maybe not. I, I think it, I just became aware of how to uh, access it maybe more intentionally later on. But I've always known um, that 
for me, drumming can evoke a sense of spirituality, a sense of connection between that is greater than myself. How do you, if you, how do you mean that? Let's, um, let's unpack that a bit. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Um, so it, it, it'd be easier if you had a drum think, in front of you right now. Yeah, go ahead. You'd be able to express <laughs> that, but we'll use words for that. I like it, you know, uh, you, please, I'm, I'm all about being stretched. Um, I think for me, what happens is um, I struggle with a very busy, busy brain. And probably many people out there can identify with that. And when I play drums as an individual by myself, I can actually quiet down those thoughts to the point where all of a sudden I'm no longer thinking of anything. It's like meditation um, in action, if you will. Um, I don't know if you've ever tried meditating, sitting down cross-legged with your fingers, you know, touching your fingers and, and just closing your eyes and focusing on your breath. It's quite challenging for an individual like myself. And, but I believe that I'm actually meditating when I play drums um in as an individual now um so that's that's you know if you think of consciousness and you think of uh, meditation if you look at the buddhist uh, traditions and the beliefs of you know just emptying your 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 thoughts so that you can open and access uh, an opportunity to to connect with spirit and guidance and whatever it else or that's my my uh my take on it um i think that's a powerful thing now for me, where the spirituality becomes uh, a living and moving thing, where spirit becomes alive, is when you can get to that state of, of openness, of stillness as an individual, but then there's others around. Um, and, and all of a sudden, it connects with the heart. So it's going on what we discussed. So you're connecting with your heart. You're quieting your thoughts. Um, you're, you're open to the environment that is around you and to the space and to the universe. But now you're being not only impacted by your own heartbeat, but if you will, the heartbeat of the person on your right, the person on your left, the person behind you, the person in front of you. And all of a sudden there's this synchronicity, this movement and this repetitiveness, this sense of belonging, this sense of predictability, this sense of of awareness, uh, the sense of togetherness. And then all of a sudden, if it's, if you're open and it's, if it's facilitated in the right way, um, you can take, uh, if you will, the vibration. So when I am feeling sad, my vib vibration is low. When I'm feeling happy, my vibration is high. And everyone can identify with that, I believe. Um, so you can take the vibration and when we finally find that balance where we're together and lift each other up to, to a point rhythmically, but also like in your heart, this, there, um, I just remember a month ago, I was in the middle of the drum circle and there was 120 people drumming at the same time, different rhythms, but in unison. And I looked up in the sky and my heart and there was shivers going up in, in my arms and the, the hair on my arms was standing straight up. And I just knew that if only 
people were to listen and collaborate and play together like this all the time outside of these walls, there would be peace on earth. There would be, there would be a deep sense of understanding of, of awareness of self, but of others and, and, and tolerance and authenticity and um, all these amazing things. And so from, I can't describe it, but the words, I can't, it was a spiritual experience. It was, it was, I felt God's presence or mother earth or Buddha or Allah or whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter. It's not up to me to tell you what it is. I call it God or I call it, you know, spirit or I call it, you know, my higher power, if you will, whatever it is, it's not mine. It's not, it's, it's everyone's. It's, it's shared. It's a, it's a force that is beyond my comprehension. And I believe everybody's comprehension. We try to put words to it, but like we said, the words don't necessarily capture exactly the depth or the, the uh, beauty of what it actually is. I find that for me, just generally speaking, I think spirituality has, um, um, manifested itself in a way that is identifier, identifiable and relatable for different core groups of people all around the world. And, uh, and because we needed different ways of understanding, just because we, geographically my reality was much different from somebody who lived in India, if you will. And so, but now, now that we have technology, now that we have conversation, now that we have these, this cross cultural um, you know communities where you know um where we no longer are so separated there's this universal um sense of that spirituality even though it's very different for everyone and that's good um it is very much similar and and the same it comes from the same source that's my belief now some people might shake their heads and might say oh no you know that's not true but uh, if you go down right down to the core, um, uh, it's all it's all coming from the same source, if you will. And for me, the drum circle is the expression of that source. Drumming, rhythmical uh, connection together, the oneness is the expression of that source because it's beyond words. Is that good enough? <laughs> it's it's better than you know. Um, I think about healing and you've, you do drumming in various capacities. Uh, so this, this, uh, this community drum, drum circle is, uh, you know, once a week here in Calgary, but you also uh, work mm -hmm. with, uh, in the corporate sector, um, offering workshops mm -hmm. and team building, you work in schools, uh, and also in the healthcare uh, sector as a whole, right? Um, would you like to briefly mm -hmm. offer some of what you've seen the impact is on using drum circles in a healthcare setting? Yeah, sure. yeah. In and, a healthcare and, setting? and then I really want oh, to man. the corporate experience yeah. and how people in suits respond to this. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing, actually. Um, just so, just blanket statement yeah. for all of those areas. Um, because of that universal language, which is rhythm, um, and the nine months of entrainment into rhythm, 
when we were all, we've all been in, you know, at one point in time in our lives, we were all in our mother's wombs. We have all had that, had that nine months, give or take, of entrainment with rhythm. So whether you're in a suit or you're in a wheelchair, um, whether you have a PhD or you have an IQ of 59, you respond to rhythm and, and rhythm together. So in the healthcare setting, so um, I'm lucky enough to have uh, found a job that can provide for my family and, and uh, gives me the security of being able to take a risk in, in, in being the owner of a business like this because, you know, you need to step into it. And more and more I'm getting confidence that I can, could do this full time and provide a, a beautiful and meaningful life for my family and children. But, but right now and in, in my early days, uh, the healthcare setting was the, it is, it's a it's such a gift to be of service to others um, in the health industry. And so um, I brought my passion for music and I had done drumming um, in a drop-in mental health agency called uh, the Calgary Association of Self-Health, which is now known as Elements, Calgary Elements. And so I had started doing this drumming circles thing there. And uh and took my training with Judy Atkinson and learned how to do things successfully. Um, the only thing, and this is a really important component of this, is that so when I was doing my program with uh, self-help, with that drop-in mental health agency, um, they um, really wanted me to make sure that, or, or just the way this program is structured, is the program is structured that all the workshops, everything that you do, everything that you offer, is exclusively for the people who are registered or members, if you will, of that program, of that agency. And there was always a, a difference between drumming with that mental health agency and the community drum circles that you referred to that we do every single Friday. There was a difference energetically, if you will. And so um, when we talked about vibration and we, when we have to kind of meet, you kind of have to bring your, as a facilitator, I have to bring my vibration down to meet the people who are struggling with depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, psychosis, you know, personality disorders. I have to bring myself down to meet them where they're at. Otherwise, I'm, I'm losing people. If you meet people where you are totally excited and super high on life and people just don't identify with that because they're like, this guy's crazy. Like, it doesn't, you know. So you have to be able to bring yourself down to meet people where they're at in terms of an energetic standpoint. And then what the drumming does or the, the tool using the drum as a tool is that you can actually lift up their vibration, lift up their energy levels to a place where they're better than from when they came in. And, and I like to think that usually it's quite, mm. quite a big difference. But what I found when I was doing it in that exclusive program where only members were able to attend is that you can probably like, if we put it on a scale of one to 10, if you will, you know, you can take people from a two out of 10, energetically to maybe like a five or six six that's out of ten and that's good. pretty yeah. good yeah. you know if you think about if you think of psychotropic medications you know it's it, it only plays a certain component towards wellness if you look at cbt or psychotherapy it only brings a certain component of wellness like you can only attain a certain amount if you look at exercise it brings you up a certain amount if you look at all three then then you can get some you know measurable impact so that's pretty cool but but I knew that drumming could do more. So I was lucky enough to get a, a job with HS as a social worker on an inpatient mental health unit. 
at the Rocky View General Hospital. And so what that is, is where people are, when they're at their worst, they're probably having the worst days or seasons of their life. Or, and some people, they get repeated admissions, maybe where they're having suicidal ideation, maybe they're struggling with, you know, they've kind of stopped taking their medi- medications and all of a sudden a, a psychotic break comes along. Or, per, or perhaps this is one of those ways where they, it's the only place that they've found um, uh, an opportunity to kind of access help. So perhaps it's a personality disorder or whatever. It might be bipolar disorder, whatever it is. A mixed bag. And you throw these people all, all different diagnoses, all different presentations in a locked unit. Oh my gosh. And you expect them to all get along and to whatever, live together until they're well enough, quotes, to, to go back into the community, which I think is interesting in itself. So um, when, I, when I got the opportunity and, and, I, and I, was ama- I was really, really lucky, I, I met up with this rec therapist on, uh, Sorry, in, at the Rocky View Hospital. Who don't know. Yeah, a recreation therapist is an individual who prof- has taken a, an educational um, venture to using physical-based activity or, or just um, leisure and recreation-based activities as a therapeutic modality to, to facilitate mm. health, if you will, on a general standpoint. And so this guy, his name is Alan Reese, and he's, uh, he's shorter than I am, but he's got the, the personality as big as this entire um, city. And uh, he's got life experience, like you name it, he's done it. Um, and so I was, I was very green. I was very, very young, um, working in the, the, um, mental health system. And I was just a casual social worker for the first little while when I first met him. And so, um, I like to work hard. I like to, um, uh, do my best. And when you're dealing with doctors who've been in in that system, for example, I met one of the physicians and I'm not going to name them, but then one of the psychiatrists and I went to shake their hands and they wouldn't even shake my hand because I was so green. You know what I mean? And it's just because they didn't, I was just some young whippersnapper in the mental health system and they just didn't know me and they just didn't want to shake my hand. It's not because they were too proud or maybe they were, I don't know. But anyway, so I just had to prove myself, if you will. So I was working really hard, but this man, Alan Reese, recreation therapist sits down next to me when I'm just head down, just making sure that I'm doing a great job. Um, and he says, Hey, so you're a drummer. Hey. And I was like, (laughs) yeah. And then he's like, I'm a drummer too. And I was like, I looked up, I stopped what I'm doing. I looked up and looked him in the eyes and I'm like, yeah. And he's like, you do drum circles, don't you? And I was like, yeah. And I kind of sit back in my chair and I look at him and with my head kind of tilted to the side. and, And he said, we should do drum circles here. And I was like, yeah, I was like so pumped. Like all of a sudden this guy's talking my language. And so, so back to our conversation about social work, where I took a profession, I took a leap of faith in terms of knowing that if I just launch myself into some sort of way of, of professional development and get an education somehow, but I maintain my heart integrity and vision that I can combine my passion for music with my profession. I could, I, something will happen. You know what I mean? I, I kept that there. I didn't have a master plan. I didn't have a business plan. I just knew in my heart that if I just made, stayed authentic to my passion for music, something would come up. There it was, even in a big way. So Alan and I spent uh, probably a year 
writing proposals, doing research, um, writing grants, um, and, and talking to our managers, bless their hearts, um, repeatedly about the benefits about this. And, and so um, back to my conversation about exclusivity. So, so the inpatient mental health unit, the psychiatric unit, is a locked unit. And so patients are discouraged to, to in this particular unit, discouraged to even make connections with other people, um, exchange phone numbers, you know, make, build relationships with, with other patients on the unit while they're there, you know, for whatever reason. I don't know if that's right or wrong. I'm not here to, to tell you that, but you can make your own opinion about it. But it just tells you about the, the, the mentality behind it. And when I was pitching this drum circle out through a proposal to incorporate it in the health system, I was saying, it's so important. I will not do this program if we're doing it only for the patients. We need to have this program open what, to the public. What made you we want to have say this, that? Yeah. Please go ahead. Because of that, the difference between the community-based drum circle that, uh, that I experienced every yeah. single Friday night and my experience okay. doing that exclusive members only drum circle at the okay. Calgary Association of Self-Help. Remember yeah, that yeah, thing yeah. about the vibration, right? So you can only bring them from a two to a five or six. But I knew that if you brought people in, and the research supported that, um, if you bring people in from various levels of abilities, but also various levels of health and wellness, different vibrations, if you will, people from a low vibration, and a higher vibration, and then one in the middle and whatever else. We're all kind of all over the map sometimes, even, even as individuals, like our, as facilitators work. Sometimes we have low days and high days. It's okay. But if you, if you mix that up a little bit, so if you have people from the community coming in, and it helps actually lift everybody up mm. even higher. And so, so that in itself was one, but here's the biggest one. Um, the medical model is designed as such where when you're sick in Canada, in, in Calgary, Alberta, the way it's med set up is that when you're sick, you show up to the emergency room. If you're sick enough, then you have to be really, really, really sick to get admitted. And then when you're admitted, then you get the help that you need. Okay. And then, and then when you're discharged, you're kind of left high and dry. For a portion of time until you've waited maybe four, five, six months before between until you can get like a an appointment once a month, you know, with a therapist or a psychiatrist just to make sure you're doing okay. Like that's not really good. Like what does that tell people? It tells people that the when I'm sick, I need to be mm -hmm. in a hospital setting, being tended to 24 seven, right. and then and then. And then when I'm discharged, right. I'm kind of on my own and I kind of, you know, and then, and so we're loading people with programming and really good stuff while they're on, in the inpatient unit, when they're in the hospital system, we're giving them amazing resources, mm -hmm. really, really good. But, but then they're left with nothing and they're expect, we're, we expect them, we send them back mm -hmm. to their environment, to their, to their homes, and we expect them to be as successful as they were in the inpatient units. That doesn't work that way. So my thought was that we need to, you know, this, this, this transitional yeah. discharge model. And I was, uh, I was all about it. So we need to offer services from an inpatient capacity um, that, are, that are available on an inpatient capacity 
um, and, and continue to offer the same services that keeps people well, that gets people well to a place where they're able to function outside of the hospital mm-hmm. all the time so they mm-hmm. can access mm-hmm. it forever, you know what I mean? So as long as they need it, it's available to them. Okay, so long story short, we're doing these drum circles. It was open to the public. People who got a benefit from it were encouraged to continue to come as long as they wanted. And so all of a sudden, people who were at a low vibration, doing not so well, got a little bit better, we got a little bit better, they got discharged, they were back to the community, but then they can continue to attend, continue to raise their vibration, and all of a sudden, they're no longer in the sick role, they've had an opportunity to then be helpers, to be supporters, to be um, part of sharing what others have shared with them. So it's this, this recycling of energy, of health, health, of healing, of support, of of hope holy to have somebody who can attend and you see them and you look at them and and you know six months ago this person here you know didn't want to live they were they were done and now they're here and they're present and they're supporting somebody else who now today believes that they have no value they have no voice they whatever you know what i mean that that immense power of of uh, placing people in a place where they can make a difference. Because I truly believe that every single individual who walks the surface of this earth has the capacity to heal, to support, to, to make a difference, you know, even the slightest in, in everyone else's life. Whether you're driving in your car, you know, and somebody cuts you off, you can make a choice. Um, to, to share support or to love and say, I hope this person gets to where they need to get safely. And, and whatever is making them need to speed right now, I hope whatever is happening, you know, goes away so that they can be okay and, 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 and others around them are okay. Or I can just flip them a bird and, and be upset and, and just resonate the same vibration that they are sharing with me. You know what I mean? Like their anger and, and, uh, and how everybody else around them is an inconvenience to them, right? And guilty as charged. I've had days where I myself am spreading a negative vibration, no. even in my own home. You, do you know, it. I need to cons- <laughs> <laughs> It's true. I'm not a saint. But, you know, so anyways, it's just an ongoing learning. Yeah. So long story short, um, that's the healthcare drumming program. And so um, fast forward five years after its inception, um, we raised about $150,000 to buy uh, drums for two different hospital sites. We have a full, um, or, um, or the program now has a full set of drums for two hospital sites. And they run regular drumming that are open to the public on Tuesdays and Fridays um, where people can come. And believe it or not, this hospital-based system, um, when I was still with it, was seeing anything between 40 people mm-hmm. on a Tuesday or a Friday up to 94 people on, in one workshop, a one-hour workshop in mm-hmm. the hospital system. These are patients, but also people from the community that are coming and gathering to do this drumming circle in, in a healthcare system. That's mm-hmm. unbelievable. Name me one CBT <laughs> group or DBT group or, or group therapy in the healthcare setting that has 94 yeah, yeah, people yeah, yeah. show up. 
and and it's out, not out of chaos, their own <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so a powerful, powerful thing. And and really, all you really need to run those programs is drums, which is you know a high cost to start, but but also very skilled facilitators. You need to be trained um, and and properly educated on how to facilitate these programs and how to deal and manage with the things that will inevitably so, happen. So, um, Julian, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure there yeah. is at least one human listening to this that's like, you know what, I would love to facilitate drum circles with folks who are experiencing difficulties with their psychosocial or physical or mental health, right? What are some things that you feel are important for facilitators to uh, be sensitive to, be aware of, uh, and attend to as they're going on this journey? Oh man, I think, um, so this, this, so this is part of Judy Atkinson's drum code. When you step into the journey of becoming what I, I chose to be, uh, an integrative community drum circle facilitator, which is something that Judy created. It's a, it's a, it's a step sideways, I guess. So, and up, <laughs> I would hope from the, from you know the village music circles or, or the health rhythms protocol, um, which is just community community drum circle facilitators, which is great, it gives you some great tools. But and 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 every every capacity, I think it's it resonates the same. But what I believe in and what I teach and what I offer is the integrative community drum circle, which uh, it combines the community drum circle component and the this this deep sense of consciousness of the human spirit and and how spirituality is at the center of every every single word um rhythm or beat um or even just presence thought just i think that just the way we think or or feel has a vibration and the best way to describe that is you walk into a room um, of friends and they're having a conversation and they're just having a great time. You, even though you're having a hard day yourself, are immediately lifted up, right, by their presence. Vice versa. If you step into a, a conversation with, where perhaps a couple is having an argument or they're just like they're sitting there and they're just like not really talking to each other or anything like that, but you walk into that setting and all, immediately your vibration is like brought down and you just feel that energy. I believe that even without words, we can share those things. So that's the, that's the step deeper that the integrative community drum circle tries to acknowledge and foster. So for people who are looking to take a step into that journey is that you need to be aware that this is just as much a personal growth journey. So as an individual, than it is an opportunity to help others. You need to be prepared um, to grow yourself as an individual authentically as you, not as me, not as Jamie, not as Judy, not as the other people who you've seen do drumming circles out in the community, but as you. You need to find your way um, and, and also your challenges because we all have things that come easily to us and then we have areas of growth. And when you become a drum circle facilitator, those areas of challenges, if you will, where you struggle will become so apparent. And so when I step into the circle, 
and and facilitate for other people when i when i lead a group of you know whether it's 10 people or 110 people um i need to put myself to the side and show up for these individuals and and so but that came with a lot of personal growth because i came from a background of a professional musician i was all about being a performer and a drummer and so when i took this training i had to unlearn my drummer brain and learn my my community service brain if you will or or my my uh my facilitator brain and so when you're stepping into this and you want to bring this into your own communities to help others to help facilitate others you need to acknowledge and and start to do work yourself as an individual to be to grow and to be conscious of uh, um as as yourself because if i'm not growing personally as a facilitator my community is not growing and if i'm not sharing from my own personal challenges and experiences my community loses interest or or you know is not getting the full benefit if you will of of the the tool and so um going in there as as a as a channel you know um if you will for spirit maybe i don't know um for energy definitely um and and being of service to others and uh and don't go in there to to make money because um in the end what i found is this this will bring you money this will bring you um an amazing um amazing opportunity where where you you can bring your soul to work um at the same time though if you go in with the intention of making money that will reflect itself that will ripple everywhere and people will smell you from a mile away but if you go there as an authentic human being who wants to to make an impact and share something you're you're passionate about um that will make you that that's going to pay you the more you know what i mean and then you don't put put the price to the side and put the tool at the forefront because um shifting your perspective um um is just i think it's like a it's like a letting go of the material world and a trust in the um abundant world if you will of of manifestation or of providing that that whatever it is that you need and want and um to move forward is already there so so stop worrying about that and and focus on what you can do to make a difference today with what you know and so that's a few things um and 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 this is the last one you don't actually need to be a drummer to to do this um that's the coolest part a lot um i have uh, an amazing coworker who is an, integ- an integral part of circles of rhythm our business here in calgary and her name is Jamie Gore and she walked into this um integrative community drum circle methodology never really touching a drum if Judy Atkinson went into this never really touched a drum but she knew that this was a powerful tool and so it's actually not about drumming you know oh, plot um, twist it's actually plot twist you waited until the very end to say that hey 
it's it's not though but it's it's not it's what happens when you drum together it's what happens when you connect through rhythm it's it's all of those ingredients the drum is simply a tool don't get me wrong there's there's a lot of powerful things that happen when you drum but it's only a tool that just kind of helps amplify the heart and the connection with others and this entrainment rhythmically energetically vibrationally if you will and uh and it just just travels through space and and physical space and connects it to uh to in, in a very deep um rooted space all the way down to your very core in your dna so it's not about drumming cool you should name name the podcast it's not about like drumming that? yeah let's do and, yeah yeah i don't know I, I don't know i'm not telling you how to do your job no, man, I like this. let's do it it's not about drumming <laughs> uh, yeah it's not about drumming community spirit and healing Something like that. We'll, we'll figure right? it out so two two last questions mm-hmm. before we finish up uh Please, sorry, and I ramble. I, I apologize. I mean, people don't ramble if they don't have things to say, right? So we're good to go. <laughs> One is, and this this question comes from that um, developmental community. So if it doesn't connect mm-hmm. with you, that's cool. If it does, that's cool. Who are you becoming mm-hmm. in this journey? Who yeah. am I becoming? Oh my gosh. I think I'm just getting to know myself more and more. I think I've, 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 I've always been me. I'll always be me. Um, I'm not changing me. I'm just getting to know me a little bit more. And, and I learn more about me when I put myself to the side by showing up as a facilitator, put my ego, put my own agenda to the side, and I show up of being to be of service. And then I see around me just the amazing things. And here's, here's my biggest takeaway as an individual today is that I need, to con- I need to practice what I do every day in a community drum circle format and do that in my family for my kids. I need to put me to the side and show up to be of service to my family. And holy, that's a different thing that is very challenging for me right now it's i'd probably do okay like let don't get me wrong at the same time though i do want to continue to grow and develop that but who am i becoming i'm becoming somebody who who every day is is understanding that i know very little <laughs> and that i am excited for the next connection with a human being, an incredible human being like you, who has a gift to, to, uh, to help people maybe find their light. Because to be honest, today, you know, um, I don't really speak about myself a lot. Um, and I don't mean, I think here's, here's, here's a little thing about me is, um, I will always um, help others explore who they are first. And you've done me a gift because a lot of the things that I've shared today and um, my, my thoughts about what I do and things like that, um, I don't share it a lot because I think it's all, I, uh, I have this belief 
that people are disinterested in me. And that's something that I'm growing to, uh, to accept, but also to change. And you're helping me with that. And so thank you. Um, and here I did it again. I diverted. What am I learning about me? And I talked about you here. I just did it right now. But um, who am I becoming? I'm becoming someone who is um, just so excited for the, what the future holds. And, and I hope to be a beacon of light of, and of hope um, for, for this world and for other people who um, choose to take a risk and to be themselves instead of um, what they think they need to be or who's, who they think society uh, needs them to be. Um, I hope to be, I think I'm becoming an individual who um, it can hopefully inspire others to be vulnerable and to acknowledge their areas of growth and, and their opportunities for growth, um, you know, so that we can just never say, oh, that's good enough, you know, because um, the work's not done until, um, until you're done. And then, and then the fun part starts, like the real work starts, I think when, when this physical life ends for me as an individual, that's my belief. So, um, yeah, who am I becoming? I'm becoming somebody who has a deep sense of, uh, trust that, um, regardless of who you are, what you've done, where you came from and, and where you're going, there is a, a beautiful light inside of each individual that can change and impact and help those who surround us, regardless of what you've done. And, there, and it's never too late to step into the light, to step into your... Um, your gifts um, and your your voice to find your voice, whatever that means. Yeah, cool. That was a lot of wanting to becomes. I love that. I love that. I, I feel like this was a uh, a therapeutic encounter <laughs> almost, right? Like it you, was, just, you just went deeper and deeper and deeper, and and Come it was on. beautiful. Yeah. So. Uh, I needed it, but I'm glad. So last question for this, uh, this conversation is uh, where can people find okay. you and about your work? Okay. Well, so if you, you can check out our website, it's www.circles with an S of rhythm, R H Y T H M.com. People struggle with spelling rhythm. It's a toughie. It's fun. It's, it's a tough like one. This, yeah. There's two H's. Yeah, silent H's. And anyway, yeah. Cool. Anyways. Um, so that's the website and then we're on Facebook. So at circles of rhythm and then also at uh, circles of rhythm on Instagram We're on Twitter, but see, here's the thing. If anybody has a vocation for social media and I'm going to get a million emails about mm -hmm. this, um, but social media and want, and lives in Calgary and wants to kind of help us with that. 
um, for free. <laughs> please. <laughs> I love the caveat. Please. <laughs> uh, please get in touch with us because I really struggle. Actually, I don't even have a Facebook account. So, um, so in, uh, I don't have an Instagram account personally. And I was very conscious when Facebook became a thing to stay away from it. And that's a conversation that we could talk about that for another whole podcast, if ever you want to take a risk again, but, um, but just kind of the impact of, of how social media can impact people, but also in my beliefs around that and, and how drumming can be kind of a cure mm. to that in itself. Cool. All right. Well, thank you. Good talking to you. Hey, you're welcome. The Let's Develop podcast is co-created by Chris Raymond, executive producer, Marla Zano, producer and digital editor, and yours truly, Artist Oyan's host and producer. Music by Chris Raymond, digital content by Emily Scollin. Special thanks to Brittany Fraser, Jan Wooden, Saeed Raju, and the Eastside Institute. You can find out more about the Eastside Institute at eastsideinstitute.org.